0: Welcome to episode 8 of the So What series. This is Brendan Flanagan. This series is designed to launch our website at brendanflanagan.com. And in it, we ask the penetrating biblical questions normally withheld from polite company. Before we ask the So What question today, I want to encourage you to go to our website and read the article, How to Read the Scripture. It really lays the framework, the groundwork, the understanding of how you can come to know the scriptures, and how you can ultimately come to have life in the name of God. I hope you enjoy it. Today's question is, what is error? We all know the most convincing lies are almost true. Yet rarely does such a commonly used colloquialism serve to perpetuate a biblical tenet. Error, untruths, and lies surround us every day. While we are able to determine the gross falsehoods from the truth, we have been convinced time and again by lies nearly true. Every day finds us facing a new gotcha, one so near the truth we didn't see it coming. Besides growing into an old and bitter curmudgeon, biblical truth provides the only antidote for fighting errors. Thank you for joining us for the So What? series. Today's question is, what is error? This is Brendan Flanagan. The study of error serves to benefit both Christian and non-Christian alike, for in it we discover errors modus operandi, or how error works, and uncover the very means which lead to our deception. In his letter to the Church of Colossae, Paul warns the church writing this, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 4, I say this so that no one will delude you with a persuasive argument. Certainly, we've taken this verse out of context, but we do that in order to understand the nature of error, for I believe Paul pinpointed exactly in this very verse. The word he uses for delude is literally translated as paralogic. The prefix para means to come alongside of or work in conjunction with. The base word logic connotes truth or reason. This is how a persuasive argument works. The argument comes alongside of the truth. We note Paul doesn't say logic; The persuasive argument is not completely contrary to the truth. This would be obvious and would be rejected immediately. Instead, the argument comes alongside the truth. Perhaps the argument looks almost identical to the truth, or even serves to enhance its appearance. We can further see this image illustrated in nature. The purple flower bloom of the wisteria vine beautifies any house or garden. Yet, as a plant winds up your favorite oak or along your cottage exterior, the vines can eventually strangle your beloved tree and displace the bricks you wish remained in the walls of your house. Persuasive arguments work in the same way. They wind alongside biblical teachings, merely enhancing or seemingly embellishing the truth, but instead they serve to displace the brick-and-mortar doctrines of the Christian faith. So how can we recognize these nearly imperceivable or even attractive errors? Paul provides a solution prior to his aforementioned warning in Colossians chapter 2, verses 2-3, through 3, in which he writes this, That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wisdom of God and the knowledge of the Father reside in Jesus Christ. When we submit to His Lordship and abide in His Word, then Christ serves to assure our faith, embolden our confession, and clarify our understanding. Moreover, this relationship of love knits together the hearts of all believers, bridging different temperaments, personalities, and cultures. When Christ dwells in our hearts through the presence of His Word and the power of His Holy Spirit, He allows us to comprehend the things of God and grow in His fullness. This is later emphasized in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, which reads this: "So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge." So the love of Christ is ultimately what's protecting us from error. We are in a relationship with Him and so bound to His heart that we notice anything even the most minuscule error that deviates from the true nature of Jesus Christ. And this is all based in our faith, which is ultimately given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's what originally convicts our hearts. And we see this in John chapter 16, verse 8. The Holy Spirit draws us into a relationship of faith with Jesus Christ. And this faith buds into the great flower of love, which is ultimately Where our relationship lies and continues in the sanctification process, or how we walk in a way that's pleasing to God. So, in this process, we are protected from error because of our relationship with Christ. And this is ultimately the concern or the worry of error, or the caution. For error serves not only to point us down the wrong path away from the truth of God, but error further divides us from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Christ is at stake when we confront error. Certainly, error affects and disables the church. Without a doubt, error destroys our Christian testimony. But most importantly, error threatens your personal relationship with Christ. Error will delude you and persuade you to follow a different gospel. And sadly, worst of all, error will make your love for Christ go cold, lifeless, and meaningless. We see this in Matthew chapter 24, verses 11-12. through 12. Which read this Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. When we follow the teachings of error, we will be misled and lawlessness will increase. Our unrighteous activities will be perpetuated. The result is that our love, which is at the root, the foundation of our relationship with Jesus Christ, will become cold. And this will not just affect our relationship with Christ. This will affect every relationship we have with anyone. Our love will become cold, meaningless, and lifeless. Certainly, we'll continue to love people in ritual, by tradition, by rote, by practice, because of discipline, duty, and honor. But it won't come from a loyal and loving heart. This is a cold and lifeless love. And this is a love apart from Jesus Christ and saturated in the error of this world. Instead, our hope is this. We must look to Christ and endure in truth and discover our minds filled with the fullness of God and our hearts filled with the love of Christ. This is what Matthew 24 verse 13 says. The one who endures the end, he will be saved and his heart will be full of love. A love of Christ will protect us from error and serve to unite all Christians in a common bond, a heart joined to the great love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can listen to this one and others like it at brendanflanagan.com. Until next time, may you take courage in Christ.